This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Good day, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 113 for Thursday, May the 2nd, 2013. It's been a little while since we've recorded a podcast, but that's because we've been taking it easy since season three ended. Um, It's been too long. Sorry? It's been too long. It has been a little too long, but you know what? Not too much has been going on in the Walking Dead universe. So if we're going to take some time off, now is probably the time to do it. Um, but having said that, we've got a few things to do this week, even though it's going to be a slightly shorter show than usual, I think, but that's okay. That's all right. Um, so Jason, how are things on, on your end? How's it going? Everything is fine on this end. How's everything on that end? (laughs) Everything is okay on this end too. In case, in case you haven't guessed or you couldn't tell, we were recording over Skype today, which is something we don't usually do, but it is fortuitous. It is. That we are not in the same room. Really? Do you smell that bad? No, it really doesn't have to do with smell, although I did ride my bike home today, and it's a nice, warm spring day, so there was yeah. some sweating involved. Um, boy, is the weather ever nice out there today in oh, southern Ontario. It's amazing. Uh, but no, it's fortuitous that we're not in the same room this evening, because today, uh, sorry, tomorrow, actually, is officially No Pants Day. No Pants Day? It is, and I, I must admit, I'm celebrating right now. You're celebrating right now early in anticipation of No Pants Day. Uh, that's exactly right. Um, and that's what I mean. If you were here, I probably wouldn't get to celebrate No Pants Day in the same way that I am right now. Well, it is fortuitous that we're not in the same room then. <laughs> if, in case you're wondering, here's what Wikipedia has to say about No Pants Day. It says, it is a participatory holiday that happens on the first Friday in May. The holiday is based on the premise of having people spend their day not wearing any pants. Participants are challenged to act as if there is nothing strange about not wearing pants in public. The liberation of breaking a social taboo and seeing the reaction of people not aware of the event generally makes the event fun for its participants. Wait, is this the day that people go on the subway and are not wearing pants? It is. It is the same uh, holiday, but it's they, they kind of market them as two different events. But yeah, they're related. Oh, well, I'm definitely taking the subway tomorrow then. The pantless subway ride is something you do on No Pants Day. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will take it. If I take the subway tomorrow, I will not wear pants while doing it. Uh, that's exciting. So there's no chance you're taking the subway tomorrow? Oh, well, there's a very real chance because I have to take the subway probably to work. Uh, but can you take off your pants while being on the subway? Or do you have to not be wearing pants when you get on the subway? Well, I, I don't know if the rules are that set in stone. You can probably take your pants off while you're on the subway. The only thing about that is it might be even more weird than just arriving there with no pants to begin with. But I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have to wear my uh, breakaway stripper pants then. Oh, good idea. You should get those out of storage. They're not in storage. <laughs> They're in my regular rotation. <laughs> oh, good. You just don't usually break them away? That's, yeah. <laughs> but they're there if I need them. You know? All right. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Well, uh, that's very good. I hope everyone around the world celebrates No Pants Day tomorrow like I am doing right now. Fancy. Um, okay. We've got two more things before we get into walk- some Walking Dead news. The first is our listener email of the week. And this comes from Lars in Baltimore. He says... I came across an interesting article online recently that reminded me of a conversation from the podcast. 
didn't Jason talk about having an ultimate zombie weapon made out of a shovel with knife blade edges or something similar? Well, some dude in the U.S. is apparently making some serious bank selling something similar. A shovel with a knife edge on one side, a saw on the other, the business end of a crowbar on the handle, and a bottle opener to boot. Not sure I'd drink beer opened with a tool covered in zombie guts personally, but you know. Well, it's there if you need it. Exactly. You could open anything, and in a pinch, you you might need to. So um, He sent, uh, Lars included a picture of this tool on his email. Yep. And uh, it looks absolutely spectacular, this thing. It, it is. Now, now um, let me, to, just to be completely clear, that uh, the, I, I got the idea from Max Brooks from uh, World War Z. Oh, okay. It was in, it was, uh, I'm not sure what they called it, but it was something like a, uh, a flattened shovel head that was cut and sharpened. Right. So th- that's what this is. I mean, it's, it's, it is a shovel. It's more or less flat, but it has a saw on one edge and a blade on the other for like an axe, basically, for chopping. And yeah. then on the other end, you have the crowbar, which will come in, you know, infinitely handy. <clears throat> and then Lars sent a follow-up email, too, uh, that, that, that showed that you can actually take the crowbar head off and put a spike on it. So not only do you have a crowbar, but you also have like a zombie head puncturing spike. Oh, it can also be used for hiking. Say the uh, the walk, you're walking <laughs> through the ice or in the snow. You can use that to to dig in and to to help with your, you know, move yourself along. Absolutely. So this tool is is universally useful. I would say. Yep. Uh, when it comes to opening drinks, killing zombies, or just walking along. I'm gonna buy five of them and keep them in my garage. It's a really good idea. Keep one everywhere you go. One at your office, one in your garage, maybe one here at my house. It's a gr- great idea. Sure. <laughs> no matter where you are, you always have the ability to uh, walk and or kill a zombie. Yeah, I can keep uh, one in the car, uh, maybe find a, uh, a nice quiet corner in the mall to store one. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just stashing my zombie weapon. Don't, don't worry about me. <laughs> I just put a sign, a sticky on it that says, don't touch, this is mine. Yeah, don't touch, it's mine in case of emergency. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Lars. That's, that's cool that uh, you came across this. And it was in, so you got the idea from Zom, um, uh, World War Z, you said? Yes. Yeah, it was Max Brooks. Okay. Still, it might have been either World War Z or the Ultimate uh, Zombie Survival Guide. I forget which one. Both both books are his, so yeah, he's obviously thought a lot about zombies. He has, he has. All right, Uh, okay, Jelly Bean Contest winner. That's what we're going to do right now. So, a couple of weeks ago, in case anyone uh, hasn't heard that episode, it was Take a Wild Guest Day, and what I did is I sprung it on Jason a jar full of jelly beans, and he had to guess how many were in there. And what we did is we asked listeners to give us the over-under on his guess. So the idea was the listeners, you guys, had to guess how many jelly beans Jason was under or over the actual number that are, were in the jar. Right. The so, correct answer was obviously zero because I, I most likely got the answer exactly correct. Uh, most likely, but uh, <laughs> sadly that is not the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, do you remember what your guess was? Uh, I believe I had two guesses. Uh, I, I think, if memory serves me correctly, it was like 182 or 183. Your and official guess was 182. 182. And then I guessed 224 just to be safe. Right. I did not calculate 224 into the, um, into the equation here. 182 was the official guess. Yes, yes, it was. So the actual number of jelly beans in the jar, you were, yeah. you were significantly under, my friend. Well, and that's what I meant by exactly right. 
significantly with, under? Significantly under. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah. The actual number of jelly beans in the jar was 347. Wow. So you uh, crammed them in there. What you did? What you, did you make like a ball of jelly bean and stick it in the in the in the <laughs> middle like it was like a jelly bean core? I did not do that. No. You didn't do that. I opened two packs of jelly beans. Uh, that I got at the drugstore, and I poured them into the jar, shook it a little so they'd settle to the bottom, and uh, uh, and then closed it up. So you didn't use some kind of compression device to make it into like a super jelly bean pill. <laughs> I did not. I did not tamp the jelly beans down in any way. Okay. Um, so at the time of guessing, a couple of weeks ago, I did not know how many were in there either. So the 182 seemed perfectly reasonable to me. Yeah. Uh, later that night, though, when I counted them, I discovered there were 347. That's a lot. Is it, was I less than half, if you do the math quickly in your head? Uh, 182 mm-hmm. times 2 is uh, 364. So uh, you, were, you were about half, not uh, right. uh, just over. Just over half. Yeah. So um, our winner, we do have a winner, and he, yeah. made a, he made a great guess, I'll tell you. He did? Our winner is Mike Ferguson. Now, he didn't say where he's from in his email, but I'll be contacting him. But Mike Ferguson, with a guess of 164 under, putting wow. his total at 346 jelly beans. So he was one off the actual Holy. number of 347. That's great. I'm glad somebody won with uh, that degree of accuracy. That's fun. Yes. Uh, it's too bad he didn't hit it right on the, right on the nose, but uh, one off is pretty amazing. Well, you could have lied. I mean, nobody knew the actual number. You could have been well within your rights to, to lie to me and to the world and say that he got it exactly right. Yeah, but then I'd have to live with myself, and I'm not that kind of guy. I didn't want to lie. I think, I think one off, one under, you know, is pretty damn impressive no matter what. It really is. Based on the fact that the only thing that people had to go on was a picture of you holding this thing on our Facebook page and, uh, I don't know, the sound that it made when I shook it. Yeah. So maybe you compared it to uh, to my head size, and knowing full well how many jelly beans fit in my head, uh, he could make a reasonable guess on the, uh, the the jar. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because here's the the contents of the email that Mike sent in. He said, <laughs> "I think Jason is 164 jelly beans short of the full jar, and a few cards short of a full deck." <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, Mike is right on in that regard, and one under in the jelly beans. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So thank you to everyone who sent in guesses. It was it was kind of a fun, goofy little short contest that I thought up almost on the spot a couple of weeks ago, and uh, now we have a winner who is going to receive a Merle Dixon action figure which I've got sitting here in the uh, prize vault. So, Mike, I will be in touch to find out where to send it out to. And uh, thanks to everyone for playing. It was cool. That yeah, was fun. Um, all righty. Let's get into our actual meat of the episode now and do a little bit of this. Okay. The Walking Dead News. All righty. The Walking Dead News. <clears throat> I've got three items in the news here. Um, the first one here is probably the most, I don't know, relevant or not relevant, but probably the biggest news of the three. And that is the character of Bob Stuckey has been cast for season four. Bob Stuckey. Do you recall Bob? He was in the comic, and he, but he was also one of the main characters in the second novel 
um, The Walking Dead, um, The Road to Woodbury. The name sounds familiar. Yeah. So you obviously read the second novel. And And Yeah. He wasn't much in the comic. His most of his story was in the novel. And he was he was the older guy, army medic, former army medic who had a serious alcohol problem. Yeah. Yeah. I remember now. And he traveled with Lily and uh, her crew in that book. So a couple of weeks ago, we reported that uh, there was a casting call for this, you know, older army medic. Um, what was it? Uh, the description was deeply haunted by his past, both before and after the zombie apocalypse. He's charming, self-deprecating, but confident, and uh, or has a confident public face about sort of how troubled he actually is. So we didn't know it was Bob at the time when we were talking about it, and the internet was speculating that it was actually Abraham from the comic. Right. And what was it? Uh, Roy Stark, I think, was the name that they were using in the casting call. Yeah, it was uh, Tony Stark's cousin. Tony Stark's cousin, that's right. Well, turns out it's Bob Stuckey. Things are official now, and they have cast an actor called Lawrence Gilliard Jr. to play this character. That's quite the name. It's a great name, absolutely. Now, he's best known as playing D'Angelo Barksdale on The Wire. You haven't watched The Wire, right? Oh, I've watched all of The Wire. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to look that up. D'Angelo Barksdale. I haven't seen The Wire, but it is on my list of shows to watch, so... Um, he's best known from that, but he's also been in Law and Order, uh, CI. What's that? Criminal Intent. Criminal Intent. Uh, numbers, Army Wives for TV. In, in movies, he was in The Machinist, Gangs of New York, and a recent horror movie from this year or last year called Would You Rather. Um, I have seen Gangs of New York, but it was a while ago, and I don't recall you know the characters very well. At least uh, some of the secondary characters. And I haven't seen any of the shows he's been in, so I don't know much about Mr. Gilliard Jr. here. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, I, I started watching Numbers, oddly enough, but uh, I don't recall. i got to see a picture of this guy before I make any judgments as to whether or not I've seen him in Numbers. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about him, but he's been cast as Bob. Uh, now, a couple things I was wondering. As I mentioned before... He, you know, his story was mostly played out in the second novel with about Lily Call, who was the main character. And, you know, as I said, he had a serious problem with alcoholism in that book. I wonder if they're going to incorporate this into the TV show or if they'll just take some of the other characteristics of him and kind of use those. Do you think they're going to do like a serious alcoholic character in The Walking Dead? No, oh, absolutely. You think so? Oh, Yeah. The one thing is we don't have that anywhere. Uh, we have the governor who has a, a stockpile of alcohol that he likes to drink with uh, with Andrea or like to. Um, but we don't, I don't think we have anybody with a serious alcohol problem. Well, one of the, my thoughts is, you know, the deeper you get into the zombie apocalypse, probably the more scarce alcohol is going to become. And yeah. The, yeah. T, the TV show is already about a year in, if I'm not mistaken. And, I mean, doesn't that mean that alcohol might be kind of hard to get and therefore anyone who's dependent on it or who really likes to drink it, you know, at the very least, would be sort of forced to have to stop because it's just not available. And I wonder wonder if at this point in the show that's sort of going to be the way they play it rather than, you know, bring in a character who's constantly out there looking for booze. I, I think there's lots of booze to be had because, uh, you know, alcoholic beverages is a big industry and there's a lot of places uh, in Canada and the United States that sell 
alcohol, and with the uh, the population demand on it in sharp decline, there's going to be a lot of bottles of alcohol kicking around that nobody's going to be drinking, and it doesn't go bad. It's not a perishable item. So I think uh, I think there's going to be lots and lots and lots of alcohol out there for for the picking. I suppose that's true because it's not something you need to survive, obviously. So people would be much more concerned with drinkable water and edible food and things like that than bottles of whiskey, unless that's really what you were going for. Right. So maybe. Now, the other thing I wonder is, I wonder if Bob um, is going to be one of the group of people that they brought from Woodbury on the bus, or if he's just going to sort of wander up and show up at the prison one day and they're going to take him in. I would guess that they'd probably, you know, write it so that they brought him from Woodbury. Uh, no, I think he's just going to show up. You don't, don't think so, even though in the in the comics and... I'm looking at pictures of him, and he looks like he's of an age that uh, would be, uh, you know, that he would have been part of the assault, right, on the, on the prison, and therefore would have been shot and killed by the governor. You're looking at the actor? Yes. Yeah, the actor's definitely of that age. I think the character's supposed to be a little bit older, though. Now, I don't know. Again, maybe they're going to change it for the TV show, but he's... You know, I think he's 50s, 60s kind of range um, in the comic. He's 71, so he's my age and your age, so I don't think he can play 50. Okay, well, maybe they're young, younging him down a little for the TV show. My my impression of the uh, of the, the novel was that he was a bit older um, and not necessarily part of, you know, maybe a little bit above the age to be part of the assault group that uh, came to the prison. Now, that being said, if he was part of that group, wouldn't he have been killed by the governor on the road? Exactly. So that's why I think he's not going to be part of the Woodbury crew. I think it's going to be uh, somebody who shows up at the prison later on. Right, okay. He'll just walk up and and be like, hey, do you got any booze? (laughs) Or maybe it'll be somebody that the governor stumbles on uh, in his uh, travels wherever they go next. That's very true. You know, I'm working on the assumption that he'll show up at the prison and be with, you know, team prison. But you're right. Maybe the governor will come across him and, you know, the governor will increase his numbers by one. Right, because the governor, like the the prison people, are going to be basically hanging out at the at the prison and get, gathering stuff, uh, you know, supplies that are, are close by, maybe ferrying stuff from uh, from Woodbury. Whereas the governor is going to be out and about looking at things, and he may stumble across this guy, you know, passed out in a liquor store someplace, and then offer to have a drink with him or something. I, I don't know what uh, you know hilarity would ensue after that, but uh, you know, I, I think maybe the governor is going to stumble across him in. Uh, some kind of stupor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Stumble across somebody in a stupor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I've <clears throat> I've sort of been thinking lately that the governor is likely going to um, hook up with a, another small group of people. One of the characteristics of his char- of him is that he's he's a leader of a of a group, and he no longer has that. Right. He's got yeah. two guys. And maybe if he runs into Bob, maybe he'll run into a small community of 10 people, including Bob or something like that. And That's true. step up to be their, their number one man in charge. Um, it'll be like the new Woodbury. That's right. The Woodbury, traveling Woodbury. <laughs> the traveling Woodbury. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Lawrence Gilliard Jr. is cast as Bob Stuckey. He is listed for season four, episode one. So it doesn't sound like we're going to have to wait too long to meet him and find yeah. out his story. And uh, there you go. I do intend on watching The Wire someday, and 
I'll uh, keep an eye out for him. And not only that, but because he's been cast in a what seems like a fairly major role, I could see him being the um, subject of a Walking Dead uh, actor spotlight sometime this summer. I think so. I think that would be a great idea. I think it is a good idea. Okay, item number two in the news is Bloody Disgusting was reporting that The Walking Dead could, and I stress could, end up as a feature film. Really? Because why not? There's video games, there's TV shows, there's board games, there's card games, there's t-shirts, there's hats, there's books, there's everything else. Why not make an actual movie out of it? Yeah. There's a couple things weird about this, but let me first read. uh, Mr. Disgusting on bloodydisgusting.com reported that he has sources who work closely with AMC and The Walking Dead, uh, and he confirms that there has been some internal discussion of a Walking Dead feature film, possibly as a finale to the TV series. And he also fully admits, though, that this is likely not serious talks, and really there's, you know, we're probably years away from anything official, assuming the TV show continues. So this is pretty wishy-washy right now, but I wanted to bring it up to just get your thoughts on maybe what you think of the possibility of a Walking Dead feature film, and, you know, would that be a cool way to end the show? Well, it's probably, what, uh, two or three guys in a room saying, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did a movie too? Yeah, that's a great idea. That's right, and somebody was walking by the room and heard it, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so yes, I think well, I mean, we saw that with Serenity, uh, you know, as a, you know, it was kind of a, you know, the, the show just kind of ended, so they needed something to wrap it up. So they put together a movie to do that. I mean, uh, that kind of, and even Gilligan's Island did something similar, uh, when it got canceled, uh, they put out that movie where they got off the Island and then had a big party and went on a boat for a trip and ended up back on the Island. Remember, <laughs> they, remember that? Wait a minute. Did that really happen? Yeah, that was, uh, it was a made for TV movie. They had, they recast Ginger too. It wasn't the original actress. Oh my God. That's <laughs> Go amazing. Watch it. It was, it's fun stuff. I think the Harlem Glob- Globetrotters were on that episode. Oh, that's exciting. I've seen them live in uh, <laughs> yeah, at an actual game. <laughs> so, I mean, this is not uh, an unprecedented move where they would make a movie. And even um, the Dark Tower series that's coming out is planned for both uh, cinema and television, right? Uh, they're going to be doing TV and movies that all kind of stack together. Oh, uh, I didn't I, realize that. I, I thought it was just going to be a TV show. No, I think they're planning on making uh, at least one movie as well. Oh, wow. Okay. It, and, you know, even Battlestar Galactica, we had, uh, you know, made-for-TV movies that were that fit in the spaces between seasons. So I, th- I think it would uh, be a great idea. It would be nice if it was actually released to theaters, unlike Battlestar Galactica or Gilligan's Island. Um, I think it would, be, it would be a really good idea to have it, uh, you know, to make a movie and to release it in theaters rather than just for TV. But, you know, why not? Yeah, it's funny you mention all these examples, uh, <clears throat> which are ones I actually didn't think of. The two that came to mind for me were The X-Files. Right. Uh, they did two movies after the TV show, and that one's funny because the TV show really had an ending. Like, it, it's not like they sort of left it at a spot where they intended to finish it in the, the movie, right? They did a movie—well, they did the first movie before it even finished, didn't they? Yes, they did. Well, I never saw the second movie, and I never saw the ending of the X Files. So, uh, yeah, there was uh, what was the X Files movie that we saw? Yes, so there was at least one X Files movie that was done before the end of the series. Yeah, they only did two. So they did the one before the end of the series, which I just remembered right now, and then the second one came out well after it finished. I've seen both. 
Um, and I actually didn't hate them. A lot of people really didn't like them, especially the second one, but I was sort of okay with them. What was it, the one with the bees? Um, was, it first was that in the second? movie? That was the first one. That was the first one. Okay, that's the one I saw. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the second one, yeah, definitely takes place later. They both look you know, older and it's a little bit disconcerting <laughs> if you think if you think back to what you know Mulder and Scully were like sort of early, on the early days of the X-Files but you know people change so what can you do yeah but David Duchovny still looks great though Californication oh David Duchovny looks great I'm not really talking about him <laughs> oh, I see uh, I, well you know we'll narrow this down even more as we go, but uh, who could you be talking about uh definitely uh assistant director Skinner oh I see <laughs> there you go Skinner yes um, and the other one I was thinking of is Sex in the City. They've done two movies, and I think both came after the show ended. Yeah, it's true. Um, I never watched Sex in the City, the TV show, but I did see the first Sex in the City movie. I did not see the second one. I watched maybe one or two episodes of the TV show. I think I saw the first movie, but I have no memory of it, so I don't know. All right, well, I definitely watched the, the movie. I thought it was actually okay. Uh, it didn't certainly didn't make me want to go back and watch the show, um, and I I watched it only because uh, I had an afternoon to kill while I was sick or something like that one day, and I just put it on and ended up ended up watching the whole thing. So, oh, yeah, when I'm sick and I uh, and I have watch TV, I end up watching weird documentaries. Well, it, you, you just do what you got to do to make yourself feel better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the point is, the Sex in the City movies I think were wildly successful. And, you know, they came after a wildly successful TV show, just like we've got here on The Walking Dead. So, I, I mean, The Walking Dead could do—I mean, it, they, in, in ways, they could do parallel movies while the TV show was still going on. I don't know if, you know, they would feature the same characters or not. Maybe they'd be like the novels, where they kind of tell some other characters' stories, or even the video game, that has all new characters, but it's in the same universe— um, or they just plan a movie to finish off the show, and that's how they, they do it. I, what I would like to see, honestly, is uh, something with the, uh, with the cast of characters that we know and love and set in the, uh, in the time frame that wherever that happens to be uh, in the TV show. So they make the movie and just probably make it over, you know, film it immediately following whatever season they're working on. And uh, once the season finale wraps up, release it as a as a May uh, a May movie in theaters, and mm-hmm. then you know pick up uh, pick up in the fall when they uh, when they go back back to wherever. Yeah, I mean they could. I I would think it might be tricky to pull that off with uh, the length of time it takes to shoot, edit, and produce a movie, um, and how much quicker you know TV shows go. They might have to say end a season, shoot a movie that summer shoot the next season as well, air the next season, and then the movie comes after the following season or something like that. I don't know. It sounds like it would be complicated to do that, especially with the actors probably wanting to do other things. But I agree with you. It would be pretty cool, I think, and it would satisfy everyone's need for some Walking Dead during the uh, TV show hiatus. Yeah. I think think it would make a fantastic summer, uh, summer movie. Agreed. Okay, one more item in the news today. Does the... (laughs) This is a good one. Does the company name Burning Angel mean anything to you? Uh, no. Okay. Well, Burning Angel is set to release the Walking Dead triple X parody. <laughs> the Burning Angel, apparently, I had never heard of them, but they um, they release porn parodies of popular 
uh, movies or shows or whatever. Oh, fun. And they are going to be doing a Walking Dead porno parody. And that's what they should call it, I think. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we, are we going to have to watch this? Well, we should talk about that. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, we, <laughs> maybe we should. I don't know. Uh, to to you know, the listeners might want to know what we think about the Walking Dead porno. But here, let me tell you. Um, from the article I read, uh, Joanna Angel, founder of Burning Angel and Alt Porn Darling, and Tommy Pistol, Angel's longtime collaborator and horror porn veteran, nice. joined forces again as directors, writers, and stars in the film. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> There's such a genre as horror porn? Well, I, I guess. I, I always thought horror porn was kind of the things like uh, uh, the hostile movies, but I guess that's more torture porn. That's torture porn. I didn't know. Well, horror porn, uh, I guess, would be... Uh, I never knew that you could marry uh, pornography with uh, the horror genre. Well, the thing about movies that you call torture porn is they're not porn. They're like the... Sort of, they're they're torturous films that take it to the level of exploitation that porn does for sex. That's, right. That's, so it, you would have to, you know, to stay in that genre, you'd have to call it sex porn. They would have to sex be porn. Called. You have horror porn. There, you know, there's all kinds of sites <laughs> out there where you can go and there's uh, earth porn and all kinds of stuff. Earth porn is just, you know, nature photography. Exactly. So yeah. horror porn, by that, you know, line of thinking, would be an extreme horror movie. Say something like the recent Evil Dead movie. Maybe that could, yeah, it could be. But that the Evil Dead movie, I think, probably falls under kind of uh, uh, gore. And there's, you know, horror is such a wide ranging net to cast. Anyway, it right? is true. The Evil Dead movie, I've heard. We, I haven't seen it, but we we've got to get out to see that soon. But yeah, I've heard it's very very gory. So that might be gore porn. Now, in the thing about this, you know, sentence I was reading here is that <laughs> I don't think. They're using the term horror porn in that context. I think what they're saying is that he is a horror porn veteran, meaning he acts in porn movies that are also horror films. Right, and that's what I think as well, is that that these are actual sex porn horror movies. Uh, Yes, so rather bizarre. But to finish, uh, so horror porn veteran, he they joined forces as directors, writers, and stars in the film, which melds the unlikely elements of gore, Hardcore pornography and comedy into a delightful trifecta. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. So let me tell you the characters that are featured in this movie, uh, and this gets weird, are are Rick, Shane, Lori, Andrea, Michonne, Daryl, Glenn, and here's where it gets weird, Carl, and Zombie Sophia. No, 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 no. <laughs> so no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, you know, clearly something weird is going to happen or these are age appropriate versions of Carl and Zombie Sophia because well, I would hope so. because I would, you, I would hope that they would uh, yes that, that absolutely would because you know the the uh, the porn industry nowadays is uh, uh they always preface stuff with these are all actors and actresses that were 18 at the time of shooting and for uh please contact and they give a name and address of somebody to contact for the for all these records that they keep well you seem to know what you're talking about here Uh, and (laughs) and and and, uh, you know just to finish that off it would obviously be illegal if these were actually not 18 year old people and they were playing the same you know so they're gonna be adults in in pigtails yeah, which I which guess is a thing. Bad. 
yeah. still not, not a great thing. So I'm looking at their website, the Burning Angel website, uh-huh. and some of the parody films that they have. I've got uh, we're, we got the explicit tag on this podcast, right? I don't see why not. Okay, so Fuckenstein, as in Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, we've got Not Another Porn Movie. Oh, I liked Not Another Teen Movie. Yeah, Kung Fu which, Pussy. Which is not a porno, strangely enough. Yeah. Sorry, what was that last one? Uh, Kung Fu Pussy. Oh, thank you. Like Kung Fu Panda, I guess. Uh, I guess. Oh, yeah, this one's good. The XX Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> That's so obvious, yet so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Jonah's Angels, as in uh, Charlie's Angels. Uh, what else we got here? Bartenders, baristas. I guess these are just kind of weird... Anyway, anyway, the the Walking Dead Triple X parody, which I don't think has a name other than that yet, uh, but I can guess what it might be, will be available on DVD and probably Blu-ray on May the 29th. Okay, so the XXX Exorcist is it's a horror movie that's a horror movie, right? So this falls under the category that we were talking about. Right, horror porn. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's it's weird. Five bucks, maybe I'll buy it. Go for it, man. But if you're gonna if you're gonna spend your money, wait till The Walking Dead comes out, and then you can be our official Walking Dead porn reviewer. Well, I don't know if I want to be the official <laughs> reviewer. The unofficial, then. I may unofficially review it. I may not. I'm not committing to anything. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um, as if there are any listeners out there who want to submit a review of that when it's available, by all means, by all means, let us know, and you can let us know what you think. Sorry, I missed it. Did they, uh, did they announce a release date? Yeah, May 29th. May? That's soon. Yeah, well, it's the end of May. It's already May. Wow, okay. Uh, they should have aimed for tomorrow being no pants day. It would have been pr- appropriate. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> All right, they probably that... don't care about that kind of thing. Uh, no, I Every guess day there's no pants day around here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's not, not every day is Walking Dead porno day, though. That's true. All right, that's it for the news. Just a few quick ones. We do have some listener feedback this week, but there's something else I just want to talk about briefly before we get into that. And that is that uh, Amazon released a whole bunch of TV show pilots. Yes, Amazon, the uh, popular shopping website that everyone mm-hmm. uses. They are putting out, they've had, you know, Amazon on. I don't even know what it's called because it's not available here in Canada. On Demand or Amazon, whatever it is, where you can buy, just like iTunes, you can buy TV shows and um, movies you know, digitally and so on. So they've started making actual pilots. And one of them was a TV show pilot for Zombieland, which Zombieland. is based on the movie, popular movie from a couple of years ago. Now, it was written by the same two guys that wrote the movie. Um, I don't know if there's any more... Uh, um, any anything else in parallel with the movie there, except that it was written by these guys. So that's you know that's enough, I think. Mm-hmm. And we've both watched it, and I just thought we'd throw out a few thoughts on what we thought of it. Obviously, not really Walking Dead related, but zombie related. And if it's going to be another TV show, it might be. It's probably going to be one I watch. So, uh, uh, what did you think, Jason? Zombieland, the TV show pilot. Well, the TV the TV show has the same four characters as the movie. And it, uh, from what I gather, it takes place after the events in the movie that they've all met each other and that they're, they just move on with their lives in the same characters, right? That but, seems to be the case. I mean, there was no getting to know each other. They just were all there already. Yeah. And they also referenced, um, you know, the, uh, 
the two people getting together for a short period, but then now they're no longer together. I think they got together at the end of the movie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Columbus and Wichita. Yeah. But Jesse Eisenberg and um, what's her name, who plays Gwen Stacy now? Yeah, yeah. So I think this this is the same characters moving on after the events of the of the of the movie. So this is the opposite of what we were talking about with making the movie after the TV show. This is the TV show to follow up the movie, mm-hmm. which is there's a whole host of examples of this. Yeah, this happens all the time, especially some lately. Some not so much. That's right. Um, you know, I, I really liked Zombieland the movie. This uh, TV show I thought was a little too slapstick to maintain my interest for any length of time. It was definitely a comedy. Uh huh. And I think that they, uh, yeah, it's it just it got downright silly sometimes. That uh, that irked me a little bit. But the movie had that element to it. Um, you know, I, I I see what you're saying. I think the movie was. Slight, like the movie wasn't really slapstick, but it definitely had the odd. Well, I mean, it was funny, and it was certainly a comedy, and it had the and you know the odd sort of silly moment or lighthearted moment. Um, but you're right; I think not quite to the extent of this Amazon pilot. Yeah, and you also had in the movie you also had the uh, the actors that could pull that kind of thing off in a subtle way. Like there was a there, there was a. You know, a powerhouse of actors in that movie that uh, that really could bring the writing uh, to the screen in a in a wonderful way. Here, you know, these actors are all unknowns, uh, right? And yeah. untested, untried, and uh, it's sometimes not true. In my uh, in in my opinion, they did, I I don't think they pulled it off as well as uh, Jesse Eisenberg or um, uh, what's his name? So we had Jesse Eisenberg as Columbus, Woody Harrelson as Tallahassee, oh, yeah. Emma Stone as Wichita, and Abigail Breslin as Little Rock. Yeah, that, that's a that's a lot of power in one movie. Oh, it is. They're all great actors. Um, in the TV show, we had Kirk Ward playing Tallahassee, Tyler Ross playing Columbus, uh, Mayara Walsh as Wichita, and Isabella Vidovich as Little Rock. So yes, all pretty much unknowns. Although Kirk Ward has been in been in lots of stuff. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything. Oh, he was in Forrest Gump, <laughs> I guess, a long time ago. I guess so. <clears throat> um, but but you're right. I mean, my I I I didn't mind the show. I thought it was I thought it was okay, but it was just didn't quite live up to you know the movie. And a lot of factors contributed to that. You're right. It was a little sillier. The actors couldn't quite bring the bring the chops that the the actors in the movie did. I don't know if it's fair to really, you know, sort of fault it for that, but the fact is, you know, Woody Harrelson, he just can't be beat in this kind of role. He was amazing in Zombieland. He was. And Kirk Ward, I don't know. It's is it because I don't know him or is it because he genuinely genuinely wasn't as good? It just didn't work quite as well for me. And it, ultimately, you know, this four, group of four and the what they created here just didn't seem to have the charm of the movie, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, you know? and I would definitely agree with that. And I think that has to do with the actors. It has to do with uh, the slapstick aspect. And there was uh, the unbelievability of the OnStar lady. That, oh, my God. That was that was probably the worst part. Yeah. That OnStar would still be working, first of all, <laughs> and that they would be communicating to her as if she's sort of like their eyes in the sky, right? She knows yeah. what's going on. She can tell them where to go, what to do, all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, so the whole world has broken down. Uh, uh, it's the apocalypse. Everything is run amok, and there are uh, you know bloodthirsty zombies wandering around everywhere, being able to sneak up on you and jump through windows. And yet, the cell phone network is uh, is perfectly fine, and uh, the OnStar head offices uh, seem to be uh, seem to be okay. Yeah, and you know that's part of that. This is almost part of the silliness factor, right? Where Zombieland is supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be a comedy, but it, the movie, at least, was set as if it was a real zombie apocalypse that you know we were just seeing a sort of lighthearted take on. The yeah. TV show took that a little too far, I thought. But you know, I did think a couple of the jokes were were funny, and if they make more of this, I'm definitely going to give it more of a chance because with TV shows, especially, you got to. Uh, you know, I don't think it's fair to just judge it necessarily on one lone episode. Well, that's that's what I'm. Uh, I think what I was trying to get at was that with this pilot, it might be a little too slapstick to hold my interest for very long. But if they tone that down, then uh, you know I'm going to continue watching it as the episodes come out and you know give it a full chance. Because yeah, TV shows. I mean, look at uh, some of my favorite television shows. I can't watch the first seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation. I can't sit through an episode of that because it just drives me absolutely bananas. <laughs> sure. But at the time, uh, it was my favorite TV show. It was, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah, I had the same experience with Battlestar Galactica. I it it was a struggle for me to get through the first season of that, even though you and I watched it all in one weekend. Yeah. But but after that, it was one of the best things on TV for a long time. So you never know. You never know. So, Zombieland, I say give it a chance, uh, but don't expect too much, and don't expect to love it as much as the movie, if indeed you liked the movie a lot. True. But we'll see. All righty. Let's do some listener feedback before we get out of here. Listener feedback. All right, we have... (laughs) Sorry. What was that? Uh, Attacked by my cat. Was that you or the cat making that noise? That was me with her claws digging into my back. Let me get rid of her. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Well, while Jason goes to get rid of his attack uh, cat. Can't you? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure you're okay over there? Yep, I'm fine. I just locked her out of the room. All right, good. She's not going to chew her way through the door now or something, is she? No, she might meow, but sure should be fine. All righty. Well, we have a call from Mark in Texas. Hi, this is Mark from Fort Worth, Texas, and I wanted to comment real quick on your last podcast where you had stated that there would be a passage of time between season three and season four, and I had been thinking about this for a while, but I'm wondering if maybe this is when they allow Morrissey to either don a wig or grow his hair long to where maybe we finally see the governor from the comic books. I don't think it's spoilerific or not, but his hair was black and long and greasy, and I'm wondering if maybe this passage of time allows him to, or allows the character to be gone away from Woodbury, which allows him to basically not be as clean, allows him to basically uh, be a little bit more menacing with the eye patch and the coat that we saw him wear last season once or twice and his hair long. Maybe we get to see that. Thanks. Bye. Cool. Uh, I don't know if you caught that very well. The quality on that call wasn't amazing, I'm afraid. Um, but uh, Mark was talking about maybe next season in season four, now that the governor's kind of off on his own, he'll turn into a little bit more of the comic governor. I think that's a great idea. I actually do, too. One of the things that people, you know, I love David Morrissey in the role, but a lot of people kind of complained that he was a little too clean-cut and well-spoken 
and just, you know, charming to be the governor. Clearly, it was a slightly different take than in the comic. In the comic, he's got the long hair and handlebar mustache, and it's all greasy and gross. And he's a really ugly-looking dude. There's nothing, nothing nice about this guy. So maybe we're going to get that a little bit more in season four. Now that the governor is out on the road, he doesn't have access to showers and you know a nice bed and stuff like that. So um, I think it would be really cool, and I think it's a great idea. I, I, I agree with you, and I agree with the uh, with the caller. I think that. Uh Long greasy hair is a definite, definite awesome way to go. It's gonna. I mean, it, it, it ups his creep creep factor certainly just by looking at him, right? Oh yeah. Not to say that all guys with long greasy hair are creepy, but come on. <laughs> uh, hey, I was one of them back in the day when I had oh, yeah, the long, when I had the long hair. So. One more call from Steve in Pittsburgh about something we talked about. Uh, I think on our last show. Hey, love you guys' podcast, and don't even want to miss your off-season one. This is Steve from Pittsburgh. <laughs> We're talking about the A-team, I know. Major A-team fanatics since it came out. And Triple A, which would be Amy, Amanda Allen, would definitely be Princess Leia. She's a strong-willed news reporter that helps them out all the time. So <laughs> I just had to call in and say that. All right, you guys have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Steve. So I have seen the odd episode of the A-Team, but last time on the show, I think last time anyways, we cast Star Wars with the A-Team characters, uh, yeah, <laughs> which we've been known to do lately with a variety of characters. Maybe that should become a thing on this show. Maybe it should. Um, but uh, so he's saying that uh, AAA, I can't remember the names he did now, but the uh, reporter from the A-Team should definitely be Princess Leia. Do you remember the character? No. no. <laughs> I only saw the odd episode of the A-Team uh, as well. Uh, yeah, but yet last time you could rattle off all the main characters right there. Well, they're part of the uh, the pop culture lexicon. I suppose that's true. You pick stuff up after a while. I just I don't have to see every episode to know who the four characters are. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but anyways, thanks, Steve, for sending that in. And uh, what the hell? If you're out there and you've got a group that you want to recast uh, as Star Wars characters, send it in to us. It might be funny. <laughs> All right, one more email here. This comes from Meg in Chicago, and this is an email we got a while back, uh, but I've been hanging on to until you know until the off season when uh, we can open up the discussion a little bit. And she went and got the Road to Woodbury. I think on our semi recommendation, we didn't love this book when we reviewed it, but she went and picked it up. And here's what she had to say: I have never picked up slash listened to a book that was so painful. The foreshadowing in this book was atrocious. I felt like Kirkman and Bonasinga were looking at each other over the manuscript and saying, dun, 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 <laughs> before setting the characters up to face the shivering, shambling, arterial blood squirting, loudly moaning, teeth gnashing, rotting, filthy, maggoty, flesh-peeling, shit-covered pus-bucket zombies. <laughs> There, <laughs> there were times that I felt the author's intrusion so hard that I looked over to see if Kirkman slash Bonansinga were sitting next to me. I'm afraid that is not a glowing review of the book. <laughs> but she does, Meg does do a fantastic job at kind of, uh, I guess, amping up our criticisms, criticisms of it a little bit in that, uh, you know, both those novels were extremely descriptive and almost repetitively descriptive in the way they described the uh, 
the zombies and the various states of decay. I think if I have to read or listen to one more sentence that has the phrase ejaculating blood, uh, I think I'll I'll throw up. (laughs) Well, we got one more book in the trilogy, dude, so you might have to hear it a few more times. Retire the phrase. That's all I'm asking for now. I'm not asking a lot. Just don't use that phrase in the next book. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, the book, well, the chances are that book's coming out this fall. So they're writing it right now. Or it might even be, you know, close to being done already, for all we know. Um, but if that's in there, editor of the third Walking Dead novel, novel, listen to uh, what we're saying here, because I think it would be smart. I'm sorry, who, what was the name on that, that email? Meg from Chicago. Meg from Chicago. Did she, uh, she didn't happen to write in uh, on our story contest, did she? I don't think so, no. But I think she should with that description that she put in there that I actually liked more than the uh, uh, than the Walking Dead novels. I think that she should definitely uh, put, in a, put in an entry. All right. Well, let's talk about the short story for a second. That's all our listener feedback. Just a few quick ones this week. Um, and before we wrap up, I did want to remind people about the contest because I don't think we mentioned it last week. It's been going on for, I don't know, whenever we announced it, probably a month almost already. It's running all summer long, and the idea is we are accepting short story submissions from people up to a 1,000 words long. And uh, we, along with uh, one of our listeners, who's really whose idea this was, will be judging them for a really cool prize at the end of the summer or in the fall when The Walking Dead uh, TV show comes back on the air. So we do have some entries already, which is exciting, five or six of them actually, and uh, we want to get lots, lots more. So there's no rush. So you take your time to write something, you know, edit it, really think about it, put something awesome together and send it in. But once it's ready, head over to uh, talkingdeadpodcast.com slash... Sorry. What is going on over there? I clicked the link on that uh, Burning Angels site. And it seemed to have an audio track that went along with it. Okay, you're still listening. You're still no, I wasn't still doing anything. I just clicked on one of the uh, one of the parody things, and apparently there is some kind of audio or video file on there that uh, <laughs> grabbed attention. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. <laughs> All right, take your hands off your mouse for a I minute. I had stopped touching everything. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, go over to. I was saying, go over to talkingdebpodcast.com slash short dash story dash contest there's a link on our site right there on the main page short story contest for all the details including information on the prize the comic the original daryl dixon comic artwork prize you can win and uh that would be really cool so meg from chicago who sent in that last email jason thinks you should enter absolutely i'm just saying everyone else too um and uh maybe we'll you know maybe we'll read some of these on the air if you want if you're okay with that and uh, no matter what, we'll read them all and pick a winner at the end of the uh, at the end of this, the hiatus. Um, cool. So, what's coming up next? Uh, we had to reschedule our season finale crossover with Jason and Karen from the Walking Dead cast. Uh, we were supposed to do that this week, but it's now going to be next week. So, in one more week, we will have another podcast where we cross over with them. 
which will be fun. If we can remember anything about season three at that point, it should be interesting. <laughs> I'm actually planning to uh, completely rewatch them over the next week, the entire season. Yeah, I've started already. I've already seen the first four or five episodes from season three, and I'm doing the same thing just so I can refresh myself on how it went and what happened. So uh, I recommend you get on that because oh, you're, yeah. you're running out of time. Uh, yeah, I'll start right now. Very good. But don't touch your computer don't, yet. Don't click on anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be happening next in about a week, uh, and it should be up you know, shortly after that. Um, and then also on that podcast, we'll, I'm thinking we will pick um, an actor to do a Walking Dead spotlight on, so we'll announce that, and that means we also announce what we'll be watching from their back catalog of stuff. So if you want to follow along and watch with us and send in your thoughts, you can do that as well. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but over the next week, we'll figure that out so we can announce it then. Yeah, fun. Yeah, very good. And that's going to do it for this podcast. My goodness, man. Well, it, it went a little bit longer than I thought it would, so uh, it's not too, uh, too short. I don't want anyone to com- start complaining that our podcasts are too short. <laughs> or too long. No. Strangely, that doesn't happen very often. We really? could we could talk for three hours and people are like, yeah, it, you know, I listen to them at work and it makes the day go faster or something well, the, like that. The people that, that don't like the length that think it's too long just stop listening. <laughs> so that's fine for them. You can stop whenever you want. I suppose you don't that have to listen to the whole episode that that is always an option, I guess. But this is a nice uh, nice quick short one. So yeah, uh, great. Thanks uh, for tuning in, everybody. Um, I think if you want to give us your feedback, you should give us a call on the Zombline. It's one eight six six four eight three. Z-O-M-B. That's how you can call us. It's a toll-free call, so don't worry about spending any money. You can call any time of the day. It's a voicemail, and we won't answer the phone, so you don't actually have to talk to us. And uh, you can also find us on Twitter, at Talking Dead, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. I really wish that I'd gotten the Twitter handle, the Talking Dead, but what can you do? Too late yeah. now. Sell it to Talking Dead. Yeah, I should. Should offer them money for it. Uh, or, you know, offer Ask to sell it. for money. Don't offer them money. I'll give you five bucks if you take this off my hands uh, for me. Well, uh, yeah, they are... Um, I don't know who owns The Talking Dead, but maybe I should contact them. We'll see. True. Um, which, say, you take Talking Dead, we'll take The Talking Dead, and you can sell it to the TV show. Maybe. There's the whole people already following this one that gets confusing, though, so... Let's just stick with Talking Dead, at Talking Dead on Twitter. <laughs> or we can take what, the, what currently they're using for the TV show. It'll just be a big uh, Talking Dead swap. <laughs> yeah, everyone will just shift by one or something. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, finally, email us at TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. We're going to have to schedule another live show sometime over the summer or maybe in the fall as we're approaching the new season because that's always fun. So stay mm-hmm. tuned to find out about that. Like I said, next week it'll be crossover with Jason and Karen, as well as our first Walking Dead Actor Spotlight announcement. So, until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in a week. Bye.